0: Welcome to Two Sides to the Story with Ted and Lori. I'm Ted Zaleski.
1: And I'm Lori Hirstetter. As usual, we are recording in Exploration Commons, their studio location. Uh, This is a little different in that it's been a while. I think we've been maybe two weeks since we've been in the studio to record. Uh, The last episode was Ted's Excellent Adventure, Part 1 and 2. So Ted was all traveled out and stayed home a bit. And we've had many, many things going on that are in preparation for events coming in October and November. So we've been working behind the scenes on some things. Um, And here we sit today with something a little unique. Usually it's a report on places we've been, things that we've been doing. And instead, if I can paint the picture for you, is we've got a desk in front of us, the monitors, the microphones, and a big old pile (laughs) on Ted's side of the desk of things he has collected. This is an assortment of books, magazine, and newspaper articles. So don't know yet what we're gonna call this show, but it's a little bit of this and that that Ted has to share with us from his reading, which is interesting to think about. We talk a lot about books and reading books, And it's come up in recent episodes about periodicals that we've seen in a couple of our Good Book Hunting trips, the sections of stores that have periodicals coming back into play. So magazines is something you subscribe to, and you also subscribe to a couple of newspapers. So you've collected some things in your other than books reading to share with us today. Is that about right?
0: That's about right. Okay. And I know what we can call it, Ted's Cluttered Mind. (laughs)
1: Cluttered desk.
0: <laughs> that too.
1: But mine's the same way, so I can't really call you on that one.
0: Yeah, and I do, I uh, still read four daily newspapers. I read a number of weekly, monthly magazines. Mm-hmm. Takes me all kind of places, and Lori described my little pile. I have lots and lots of piles, out of control really, but I have a few that I roped into here, bringing in here today. <laughs> so um, we're just going to talk about some stuff all related in some way to the stuff we talk about but not really related to each other what's up first now first uh, script Howard a I guess they're a I don't know publishing company newspaper company exactly what what to call them but they've got this thing co- going called if you give a child a Book, Ooh. and it's a it's an effort to get the hand uh, books in the hands of kids who might not have them otherwise. Uh, I didn't come with a lot of detail, but if it's something that might interest you, Scripps Howard. If you give a child a book, you Google it; you'll find it easily.
1: Well, immediately, what comes to mind for me is I like it. I'm on board because childhood literacy is something that we care about. And if you give a child a cookie. Uh, Nope. (laughs) His article is if you give a child a book, but immediately I thought of the children's book. If you give a mouse, a cookie, (laughs)
0: easy mistake, easy mistake. And then similarly Kellogg's the food company has a thing going called read brightly. And it's a similar kind of thing. You buy so many boxes of cereal and, Probably not literally, but send in the box tops and they send a book to, to somebody.
1: I remember pulling box tops in in my childhood for, I don't think it was for books, but I do remember cutting off the box tops and sending them in for something. So that's still going.
0: Well, I, I doubt that you actually do that anymore. It was just my way of saying, oh. you, know, you, you get the... You buy the cereal, and then okay. you have to do something, and it can turn into books for
1: free. Yeah, kids. everything is so online these days. My guess is nobody's really cutting the boxes and sending them in. Huh? Yep,
0: that yeah. that was that Fair was a misleading That's way for me, me to Fair enough. That's me showing
1: it. my age. Here we go.
0: Okay, now I ran across this store called Books by the Pound, and it is exactly what it so- sounds like. They sell books by the pound. It's in a place called Circe, Alabama. And books cost $1.50 a pound, or you can pay $30 for a box that holds approximately 40 pounds of books. So even less than $1.50 a a pound. So um, a very inexpensive way to buy books. And I forget the details now, but they they keep a lot of books around. 100,000 books or... Quarter of a million books, or something like that.
1: I think I need to check that out. If it's immediately I go to children's titles and paperbacks, do you know how many Serendipity books and Mister Men and Little Miss books I could get for a dollar fifty a pen. Wow!
0: You already have all the Miss. <laughs> oh.
1: Do I have the whole set for Mister Men? I don't have. Well, which one did you get me? You got me Little Miss. I don't have oh, Mister. Yeah, yes, you're right. So I have the girl books. I don't have the boy books.
0: And um, the idea interested me, so I did a little poking around. And there are some other places with similar sorts of uh, arrangements. Mm-hmm. But um, an interesting way to do it. And I think part of, if I remember right, you know, talking to the owner, oh, not me talking to the owner, but the, the newspaper, you know, he thinks of it as a recycling project of, of sorts. You know, rather than throw books away Let's see if we can find an inexpensive way to move them from one person to another. And next up, uh, we've talked about Michael Durda before. He's a um, book reviewer for the yes, Washington Post. you have mentioned uh, him. Done for many years. He's also written books. Uh, he is my number one reviewer to, to read. And he's also a very interesting guy. I think I read, I think I wrote a blog post once. I said something like, When I grow up, I want to be Michael Durda. And, um, he had something in the post recently called, We've got, we've all got reading rules. Here are 29, I live by. Now, I'm not going to read all 29, but just give you some sense of some of the things that he included. He almost always prefers a hardcover to a paperback. He will spend any amount of money on gift books for his grandchildren. He's deeply irritated by remainder marks. You know, those books that go into the, the sell really cheap bin, but sometimes they'll put a red dot on it or a black line across it. He doesn't like that. And I I agree with him. It seems like there ought to be another way that you can can do that. he likes writers as recommenders. If he sees an author mention a favorite book, that carries a lot of weight for him. Makes sense. He values a home library. He said, he. I regret that the ideal of a home or a family library has pretty much vanished along with door-to-door encyclopedia salesmen, and sets of the great books of the Western world. Well, some of us still have home libraries, but uh, I'm sure he's right. It's probably not as prevalent as it once was. So uh, Dirt is an interesting guy. His 29 things are interesting to read, and Lori's the one that usually says this, but I'll make sure we put this in the show notes.
1: (laughs) That's only paper number one, by the way. He's got quite a stack here.
0: (laughs) Now, this actually showed up in the Ask Amy column of the Washington Post. Oh, my. Not a place where you would expect to get some book-related stuff, but actually talk about this organization called the Child Mind Institute, childmind.org.
1: This has come up before. i got to look it up while you're telling your story. Go right ahead.
0: And they have book recommendations for various challenges, obstacles that children might be facing. Um, here, Actually, here's how they say it. Childmind.org has a list of book recommendations for children who are struggling. One this family, referring to the Ask Amy question, might want to read together is, What to Do When You Worry Too Much, A Kid's Guide to ag- Overcoming Anxiety. And, um, I didn't spend a lot of time on the website, but I did take a look at it and uh, you know, a, a good list of, of books if you're looking for something to say, what do we do with this problem?
1: So and I am looking, I'm not sure if this is exactly it, but we have talked um, either on an episode or just you and I in conversation about a book series that I've came across. Um, I read a lot of children's books, I like them. And I found an author, Tom Percival, who has a series of books and it's called The Big Bright Feelings Book Collection. And there are a bunch of them. And it is dealing specifically with, you know, things that kids deal with, feeling different, um, feeling anger, what to do about jealousy, like it's all of those kinds of things. And I can't for sure say, but I feel like that's where Child Mind is in my mind, is that I feel like it was talked about um, if it wasn't this book series, it was another one that I came across where the book deals with the the whatever the emotion is. And then at the end or the beginning, there's a letter that says, dear reader, here are some things. If you want resources on, um, here's a place you can go. And it directed them to childmind.org. Okay. So I'm pretty sure it was this or a similar series. By the way, um, I love children's books for a, a number of reasons, um, but- this one hits all of the marks. It's dealing with um, things that kids typically deal with. So yes, you're entertained, but they're also learning something in an entertaining way. Um, The graphics are beautiful. Um, They're they're really brightly colored books. The characters are are cutesy, you know, big heads, big eyes, tiny bodies, um, and just very well illustrated. And um, yeah, it's it's on um, free. I'd say I have had, child book series on my list for a long time but how it's evolved because I just mentioned Mr. Man and um, serendipity, but those were things that I remember from my childhood. This um, Big Bright Feelings books with Tom Percival is an example of a modern series. Another favorite for me is Kobe Yamada. has a variety of books. Um, he's the author. Often there is an illustrator paired with his books and another one that's just a feel-good series for me. Um, he has books about creativity, what to do about a problem, Um, What do you do with an idea? Like, uh, just a nice, nice approach. And as someone who loves children's books, it's fun to see what that looks like now versus what it looked like when I was a child reader.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Now, do you remember when you were a kid, people calling somebody goody two-shoes?
1: Oh, absolutely. I was one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's basically an insult. Yeah, thanks. something wrong with you.
1: (laughs) No, it isn't. It means you're a good kid. It means you don't get into trouble, and like the teachers like you and stuff.
0: Well, well, something wrong with you from their perspective.
1: (laughs) The kids are jealous of you. That's what it means.
0: So uh, I found ran across this article in the Smithsonian Magazine about Goody Two Shoes. Why? Why that name? The
1: origin of it. Yes,
0: and its original use has nothing to do with with the insult. Mm -hmm. And first, um, in the 1700s, Goody would have been something like saying Mr. or Mrs. It was a way of referring to a person. It was not a value judgment or a character trait or or anything like that. But there was a book published in 1765, The History of Little Goody Two-Shoes, and she was very poor; only had one shoe. Somewhere in the book, she ends up with two shoes. And then you know, people were talking about "goody two shoes," saying you know, like, Ms. Laurie has mm-hmm. two shoes." Has two now. shoes? Yeah. So uh, a, a story that um, I don't think I had any chance of, of figuring out what it was from, you know, knowing the. Uh, you know, the childish taunt of Goody Two-Shoes so I don't know how easily available this, this is I'd be interested in reading it I'm sure that the writing style is probably difficult for us 300 years, 350 years later mm. but it uh, be interesting to see
1: so on that for just another moment is um, you know why it's called that the origin of there is a book or mo- maybe multiple ones uh, but I know I've come across before that's why do we say that so common expressions mm-hmm. and where they started from and it's often what you're saying that it, it really you would never guess where the origination was from the expression that we now use
0: yeah it's like um, a very long version of the telephone game where the Mm. message gets distorted as it gets passed. That's a good way of thinking of
1: it. Yeah. Every time you tell it, it it loses a little something.
0: Now, another person you've heard us talk about is the writer Larry McMurtry, who also was the owner of a significantly sized bookstore. Uh, He died last year, I think. Well, no, he died in 2021. March of 2021, so it's been more than than two years already. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's a writer I like a lot. Uh, We've talked about his one book, Lonesome Dove, and in an interview with Nancy Pearl, she and I talked a bit about that particular book and how it relates to her four types of books that people like to read. But there's a biography of McMurtry, just came out, called Larry McMurtry, A Life by Tracy Doherty. Um, I definitely will be looking to to read this. I've read a lot of his stuff, but I don't really know a whole lot about him, except he grew up in a small Texas town, and he had a very big library in a small Texas town. Hmm. Article in the Washington Post book world. Um, Book World is a section of the newspaper that The Post has done for a very long time, but it went away for a long time. And About a year ago, it came they back. brought it back, which made me very happy. But there's an article, the title is, Is That Unread Book Making You Feel Guilty? You're Not Alone.
1: Unread or unfinished? Does it go into more detail? Because unfinished books has been a topic for us more than once.
0: Uh, Yes, um, it has been. And I'd have to read through the article again to be sure. Definitely about unread it. Maybe it's about unfinished. For people who like to think about these kind of things, it's an article worth taking a look at. Mm -hmm. We'll put it in the show notes. And it also made me think about something that's going on right now. Earlier this year, we talked about some things we were going to do with our reading year. Mm. One of mine was to read uh, Marcel Proust's uh, Remembrance of Things Past. Did you do it? I didn't. Okay. Well, the
1: year's uh, not over yet. And I'm
0: not going to.
1: (gasps) You took it off the list?
0: Yes, I did. I I started it again, Uh probably the third or fourth or fifth time. Uh And I just found myself saying, I don't want to read this.
1: I (laughs) might fall off my chair right now. Ted, you have an unfinished book?
0: Only 50 pages into a thousand pages. <laughs> and you're
1: saying it's not going to get finished this year.
0: Uh, not Definitely not this year, maybe never.
1: Well, to be fair to the book, you have so many books on your to-be-read list right now because of things that we have coming. There are a number of books that have been read, need to be read again and again because we've got interviews coming. So... To be fair to the book, doesn't mean you'll never finish it, but I understand why not this year because the year is running out and we have so much coming. That requires a lot of reading.
0: Yeah, this wasn't really a time priority decision. No? Okay. It was, was, I don't want to read it. Okay. Um, And I know there's a lot of people who would say, you need to read this book, and I'm not necessarily arguing. Maybe I'll change my mind again someday.
1: That's very important. I think one thing that we have made a point of in this show is to say we are not here to make book recommendations. I'm not an expert, definitely. Ted is more of an expert, but neither of us are claiming to know what you should read. The only one who knows what you should read is you. Our intention is simply to put options in front of you, to help you think outside the box a little bit of what it is that you want to read, um, expand your reading horizons a little bit, but in no way are we saying this is not a good book, correct? It is saying this is not a good book for TED. Important to make that distinction.
0: Now, what goes along with this is another book that I've meant to read for a very long time and haven't is Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. So I put down Marcel Proust and Remembrance of Things Past, and I picked up Herman Melville and Moby Dick. And
1: How's that
0: going? Not real deep into it, but uh-huh. I, I'm I'm going to read it, and okay. and um, so far, okay. Although yeah, it's another one. Uh, it's pretty old. Mm-hmm. Writing style is a little cumbersome at times. Yeah, descriptions that are okay. Can we just get on to where this is going? But still good stuff.
1: So on that, back to the reading list for 2023 that we both agreed to, I will have to watch or listen to that episode back and see what I said I would do because I'm sure I haven't done what I set out to do either. My path has definitely gone a different direction as the year has progressed. So lesson learned, don't commit to a certain reading list because I, we would have missed some amazing opportunities had we stuck to the script and not allowed ourselves some flexibility to do some different things. So uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to compare the what we thought we
0: would do and what we ended up doing. And that's a lot of the story of this first year of the podcast. Nothing is, is what we expected. Where we thought we were going, where we actually <laughs> no. went, things that we never expected, things that developed in ways that we... Uh, hadn't anticipated.
1: So many surprises, and and I think we're both feeling probably a bit reflective about that right now, because Ted and I have been talking lately about, you know, we're coming up on a year of doing the show, and we're making our plans for the season two launch, and what do we do this year, and what do we want to do next year, has been a topic on both of our minds. So uh, we are putting some things together for that First anniversary episode which is a kickoff to season two and when I look back at what we've done this year it just it blows my mind uh so many things that were unexpected and that um things that are coming in the next couple of months that I never would have anticipated and it's just been a a wonderful surprise what else you got
0: okay one more thing now, those of you who have listened to the episodes from my Asheville trip heard mm. me talk to Justin at Mallet Props bookstore. Yes. And when he t- when I asked him what he reads, he talked about um liking to read translation. Translate,
1: course, yes, exactly. Yes. Uh
0: which caught me by surprise at the time, and when it came up with Lori caught her by surprise. Mm-hmm. But I got thinking about it more, and it's not quite as surprising, maybe as it maybe it came across more surprising than it should have because I've I've read, and I think many people have read many translations. We just don't always think about it. I think, and to be fair, I think he was thinking about something, you know, Laurie just wrote this book and it just got translated and now I'm reading it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, Remembrance of Things Past is a translated book from French. Um, Don Quixote is translated from Spanish. Um, more recently you know isabella Allende or um, um draw a blank on the the author 100 years of solitude you know uh, all all translations but that's leading to a new translation of a very very old book uh, the iliad arguably the start of literature mm. uh, been translated times People who get into this can argue over who has the best, best translation, but there's a brand new one that kind of goes new directions. Uh, a, a woman named Emily Wilson. Probably aren't going to take enough time here today for me to go through the nuances of her. Relative to others. But it's a very interesting thing about the choices she made. And translation is all about choices. You know, do you try to stay most faithful to the actual word, to the way something kind of plays out, mm-hmm. to the idea that it that it gets to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't read a whole lot about this, but I read enough to say to start thinking. Oh, wow! I never really have thought about that, but that choice really makes a difference in the message that you you take from this. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking very much forward to to reading this. Uh, for those of you who are fans of the Iliad or fans of thinking about how translations work, I definitely would recommend either reading this book or checking out some of the reviews of it to see some of what I was just kind of talking about in a brief way.
1: We got through your whole pile. We did. I thought it might have taken longer than that. I restrained
0: restrained myself.
1: You did. And I probably talked just as much as you just commenting on the things that, that you found. So if you think of the first half of this episode being about Ted's reading pile, that's not books, but about books, this section, and it might be a lot shorter, is going to be about events that are coming up. Um, Before we dig into events that are coming, I think you wanted to mention an event that you attended within the last two weeks since we did the last show, because I said you went to Asheville and then came home and stopped traveling, but it's not exactly true. Because you went to a book festival.
0: I did, Uh, Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Um, A place Lori and I visited once and is somewhere on our list of places to go back to again. Uh, They have an independent bookstore there, Four Seasons. Mm -hmm. And also have an interesting library story. Uh, When we were there, we visited the library in Shepherdstown, which was a little building a library that had been there for literally generations. And they were nearing the completion of constructing a brand new library, which is where they are now. We had a little bit of a conversation with a librarian there who was talking about, you know, mixed feelings, you know, excitement about getting into a new big space. Because this was really a, a pretty small library. It was.
1: Very quaint, but had a charm about it.
0: But also, you know, some feeling of of loss. I mean, Mm -hmm. she was literally talking about grandparents who had come to the library as kids who are now bringing their grandchildren Mm -hmm. to the same library. Uh, We have not further explored that story, though.
1: Yeah, I think I asked you when you told me that you went to the book festival, did you go to the new library? And there wasn't time for that, correct? Did you see it?
0: I did. Because
1: it's not on the main strip where yeah. the old one was. This is sort of out of the way. So you'd have to have made an effort to, you know, drive around the, to locate it and,
0: and check and see if it was open. And actually I intended to mm. trying to remember I think I, I think I looked at it on you know, a GPS map and said, okay, I've I've got it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't and I, I ended up some somewhere else. I never I never saw it. Mm-hmm. But I had a nice drive along the Potomac River.
1: Also, within the last two weeks, since we recorded our last episode, uh, we did do a good book hunting trip with our friend Lisa Picker with the Carroll County Public Library. Um, it was a, what we're going to be calling a tour of Baltimore, um, but that has not been recorded yet. We're going to get scheduled with Lisa to bring you what, uh, what we did and who we visited um, on that trip. So that will be coming up in the lines of what else is coming up, there is a long list of things. So I'm just going to mention a couple of things um, that some are our events and some are community events. And um, If you have your calendar handy when you're listening to this, great. You can jot a couple things down that sound of interest. And we will also put in the show notes uh, these items in case you're looking for things to do. In October and November, there are a lot that are coming in our area. And the very first one, um, actually, there isn't a book event associated. But do you know that this week, this is um, the last week of September, is Carroll County Beer Week?
0: Uh, I think I was vaguely aware.
1: So here at Exploration Commons, they have a couple of events this week associated with that. They, they did food and um, beer pairing. So they've got two events. I'm sure it's too late by the time we record this for somebody to get into it. But that's what triggered me to know that this week was Beer Week. I'm sure there are beer events going on all over the place and specials at pubs and whatnot. So I'm mentioning that to you, Ted, because you're definitely a book and beer person. And maybe you and Moby Dick are going to go sit somewhere for Beer Week and partake in the festivities that are happening this week.
0: I, I never touch it.
1: Right. <laughs> I think anybody who's made any attention to this show knows that is not the case. Your nose just grew Pinocchio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just what I needed. Book
1: reference. So, all right. One of the things that's um, coming up in the next few weeks that is not a book event but there is a book person in our community associated with it is the Hampstead Fall Fest. That is Saturday, October 7th. And one of our friends, her name is Ashlyn. You're going to be hearing a lot more about her in the weeks to come is a um, a high school junior who is a book person. She is involved in our community doing book things. And for the Hampstead Fall Fest, she is trying to collect large print book donations Um, I am going to put the link on the show notes for the book people project. Um, That is her project along with some friends of hers that are doing all sorts of book things in the community. Um, Book donations, building little free libraries. You will be hearing a lot more about that. But if you happen to be listening And it's before October 7th. You may want to check Facebook or social media, Instagram, maybe even Twitter. I'm not sure if she's on there. But the Book People Project, Uh, you can reach out to her directly. And Ashlyn is meeting up with folks to collect these book donations, in particular, large print books. Uh, One of the bookstores that I have been to within the last month or so is in Pennsylvania, up near Hershey, called Cupboard Maker Books. The 14th and 15th of October, they have a local author weekend event. Uh, you can meet 10 local authors at their store. Their event information is also listed on social media. We will put the link to them as well. So if you're looking for a meet and greet with local authors and in the PA area, this would be one you might want to check out. On the 20th through the 22nd, is a Baltimore book um, event. It is called The Lost Weekend. It is sponsored and put on by a bookstore we visited on our tour of Baltimore called Greedy Reads. It's a community literary festival, and that is the weekend of the 20th through the 22nd. You can also find information about that on social media. Around the same time, We have several events that are ours. There is a Two Sides to the Plate cooking event where Ted and I are battling in the kitchen to earn the title of Top Chef, (laughs) I'm making that up, I don't know what they're calling us, but it is a cooking um, event for us with Exploration Commons in their commercial kitchen. Uh, That is not one that you can attend, but we will certainly be talking about it. And there may be an opportunity to hear the recording or even view it. We're working out the details of that now. That is on Halloween. And then our season two um, launch party is on November 7th. That is also going to be here at Exploration Commons. We are putting together some events um, details for that. We will be doing book giveaways. I can tell you that much, that we did on the first one last year. Um, and there will be cake or cupcakes. The rest is to be determined. We're working on some of those details. Um, another interesting event for Carroll County Public Library is, um, have you heard of Jan Brett? Are you Are familiar with that name? I don't think so. So she is a children's book author, and she does this event, in Brings, I think the bus comes all sorts of places. Well, the bus is coming to Carroll County. It is going to be, let me look at where, it's one of our local schools. I want to say Linton Springs, but I don't want to get it wrong. Give me just a moment while I try to locate that.
0: Well, she's looking, go back to Two Sides to the Plate for a second. Sure. Fashion note. Uh, <laughs> we will have specially designed aprons for this event. So I'm hoping that... Um, we will be able to share the video, so uh, you all see Ted in his apron.
1: Another uh, teaser about the event and the wardrobing. I had some wild idea that I was going to make chicken wings, and because the event is on Halloween, I was going to have, you know, fairy wings on as my costume. That is not what's happening, and I am not wearing wings, and I am not making wings. We've changed the plan a bit, uh, but either way, it's going to be a fun day.
0: Yeah, they, they weren't real thrilled about allowing wings in the kitchen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not the the cooking yeah, time, but you know you can see me knocking something over as I walk by. I'm not the most graceful person in the world. So Jan Brett um, is having this event at Carroll County Public Library. is sponsoring. It is at Linton Springs Elementary School. Essentially, you get um, a seat. You get a book and you're choosing from a collection of books that are all Christmas related because it's right around the holidays. This is November 26th. Um, Tickets are available for that. You can see that on Carroll County Public Library's website. Um, And Jan Brett, again, I love children's books. I was not familiar with her, uh, but she has 44 million books in print and she's one of the nation's foremost illustrators of children's books. So definitely somebody that we should be adding to our list of to be read. Um, That is the 26th. On the 27th, the same young lady that I mentioned a little while ago, um, Ashlyn, is doing a fundraising event for her Little Free Library projects. Um, And they are offering at Pipe the Side Brewery, which we have talked about before, also in Hampstead, a bookworm bingo. That is on the 27th. Again, event details, we'll put the link so you can go check that out if bookworm bingo sounds like something you would like to participate in, and it's for a good cause because the community service projects that she is putting together are really, really exceptional.
0: And even though I never drink beer, somehow I've been to Pipe Decide Side a few times. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Oh, I skipped over one, Um, trying to do these in chronological order. But um, on November 10th, if you're listening and you have small children, I'm doing story time at the Finksburg Library. So I will be reading to the youngsters. Um, I'm sure those of you who are listening who are adults don't want to necessarily attend that. But for the kids, um, I'll be doing story time that day.
0: Do you know what the time is?
1: Uh, Morning. I don't know exactly, but it's somewhere in the morning. And then what else do we have? Um, We just found out about an event where we're gonna finally get to interview Sarah Adler. She is an author we have mentioned. Um, Her book, Mrs. Nash's Ashes, is one that we have both read. And now that we have a date, it's going to be early in December to interview her. We will be reading again with uh, putting together some interview questions when we finally get the opportunity to talk with Sarah. She is a local author from Frederick, and uh, we've been corresponding with her for a good while now and finally have a date on the book. So we're really looking forward to that interview.
0: This is the book, if you've been listening to all of our episodes, uh, that. Lori read a couple chapters to me when we were driving.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. We were going to, I don't know, some event, and I read on the way. I think that might have been, could that have been Talbot County's Chesapeake Book Festival? Yeah, Yeah, I believe it was. So that is a whole lot of events, but that's what is coming up for us in October and November, as well as events in the community that you might be interested in, Um, and we might even be at some of those, so uh, maybe we'll see you there.
0: And one more thing to look forward to. A little bit earlier, Lori said we don't recommend books. Sometime soon, I'm actually going to recommend a book to a lot of you, at least. Maybe (laughs) not to everybody. But uh, you probably heard us talk about an an author named Neil Neil Gaiman, who I I like very much. But I ran across a book of his recently. It was from 2016. I don't know how I haven't got it, had not seen it. It It's called A View from the Cheap Seats. It's a collection of articles, essays, introductions to books, and speeches that, that he has given. Nice. And if you like reading and libraries and words mm-hmm. and thinking about these things, there's a lot to recommend uh, about this book. Uh, I won't say more because we'll, we'll say it another, another episode, another time, mm-hmm. But um, really, really good stuff.
1: And as we wrap up this episode, um, just interesting timing. This is after work for both of us. Uh, came straight from the office to come record this. And then the rest of our evening starts. Um, uh, we're going different directions. And you want to tell everybody where you're headed tonight?
0: I'm going to a restaurant in Finksburg called Bistro 91. And the Finksburg branch of the library and the branch manager there, um, Heather Owings, who we interviewed in a, one of our early episodes, mm-hmm. put together a program called a Bring, uh, bring Your Own Bring Your, Your Own, Own Book, book. yes. Uh, but this is an attempt to get guys out to talk about books. It's advertised as very low pressure. You can bring whatever book you want. There wasn't some book that you had to read and come talk about. This is the first one. So... Um, We'll maybe talk a little later about how did it go.
1: I'll be very curious to hear how you think of it after, because if everyone comes with with a book that they would recommend, how many are going to get added to your TBR list after you hear uh, others talk? So are you talking about this one? No. No? Do you know what book you're going to be
0: mentioning? Yeah, I'm taking a book called Mine, which is about the concept of ownership, why do we think or why did cultures develop in a way that say you own this, I I own that? Interesting. And one really good thing they look at in this book that makes it easy to understand well, what is there to talk about is airplane seats. Hmm. So, Lori buys a seat on an airplane. I buy a seat right behind us. Um, we can make her chair back, go back some. Now, arguably, from my point of view, she's now taken my space. I I paid for that space. Uh, From Lori's point of view, she bought something that includes that space. So really what this comes down to is the airlines sold some space on the the plane twice. Two people have a claim to that space. And the airline's... Understand this and choose to ignore it. You two and, work
1: it out. <laughs> yes. <exactly. laughs> so the moral of the story is Ted and Lori will never travel flying together anywhere because <laughs> I most definitely am going to take that. Space.
0: <laughs> uh, so this goes on to much bigger things about you know owning land, mm-hmm. uh, owning airspace, mm-hmm. but uh, some ver- some very interesting things that I just had never really thought about before.
1: Yeah, it all starts with childhood, doesn't it? What little kid doesn't say mine, mine, mine? (laughs) Okay, so as Ted is going to this book event, I am planning to have a conversation with Ashlyn, uh, the person that I mentioned, um, maybe for one or two events on the events list this week about um, how what she does overlaps with what we do and if we can help support her and her goals for Little Free Libraries and community book projects and the like. So you will certainly be hearing more from us about that. Um, she and I will talk a little bit and see what we can come up with in, um, in plans to help what she's doing.
0: And Little Free Library very much on the minds Since
1: of the Miami. very beginning, yes.
0: Uh, you know, what can we do? How would we do it? Uh, this kind of came our way. It makes perfect sense for us to help somebody else get done what we were kind of wondering, you know, how do we get this done? And I have not talked to her or, or met her. I'm hoping that that happens at, at some point. Uh, but from everything you said, uh, just just very impressive. Uh,
1: To have a young person take such an interest in literacy and that getting books in the hands of people who want them is just commendable. And um, I'm very impressed with her and I really, I can't wait to help her in whatever way that we can. So I will say this, if you are someone listening and you have, I would say, books that are laying around that you don't want, if you have carpentry skills that you like to use if you um, want a good project to donate your time or resources to we will have opportunities for you on that front we're just going to work out some of the details about how to best make that happen but if this sounds like something you would be interested in stay tuned hold on to your books and uh, we'll be uh, sharing more information as we have some of these conversations with ashley Okay, that might be it for today. You have anything else?
0: Nope, I think we've done enough.
1: (laughs) Enough damage. (laughs) Well, as always, thank you for listening.
0: And enjoy your reading.